Hello and welcome to episode 29 of the Classic Lenses podcast. My name is Simon Forster and I'm hosting this podcast from Stoke-on-Trent in the UK. Joining me today is Carl Havens in Gainesville, Florida. Hello, Carl. Good morning. And we have Johnny Sisson in Chicago, Illinois. Hello, Johnny. Hello. This week, we're going to be largely talking about something called uh, gear acquisition syndrome, uh, better known as GAS. Um, especially in relationship to buying lenses. But before we do that, um, as usual, we're going to catch up um, with feedback from last week, uh, which is all about super fast standard lenses. But before we do that, as usual, we're going to catch up with the feedback from last week, um, which was about super fast standard lenses. So here's Johnny with the feedback. Yes, and I have actually done my homework this week after the beating that Simon gave me. Uh, Cor- Simon, you may not know this, is a big proponent of corporal punishment, and uh, he, he <laughs> and he gave me a virtual beating for not doing my homework last week, which is M's fault. Again, we have established that M got me sidetracked before last episode, and I didn't have my three minutes to prepare. So this week, I have spent. I not only prepared, I prepared a day in advance. Wow! So, no complaints from you, Mr. Simon. No whatsoever. We're proud <laughs> okay. of you. All right. Very good. Thank you so much. Okay. So we're going to go through the feedback from episode uh, 28. Um, And there's quite a bit. So I'm going to try to uh, cover the, I guess, the most relevant um, uh, points here. And we'll we'll run through. Um, So from the Photography with Classic Lenses Facebook page feedback, um, Edward Noble, uh, who is a new member of of, uh, Photography with Classic Lenses. Thank you for joining us. Got on our good side right away by mentioning Ken Rockwell, um, and then he he mentioned the the questionnaire, which he was you know too late to get in on. But um, he did mention uh, a few lenses that that he is interested in. One of which he had, which is the Mitocon fifty point oh nine five, which he he says he sold and wish he hadn't. Um, and a regret there, and he's considering buying the Canon fifty one point two LTM Black for his Canon P. And we've pushed him over the edge. And that's our job, isn't it? Gear acquisition syndrome, talking about this week. Um, so thank you again, Edward, for, for joining us. We're, we're glad you're part of the group now. Uh, let's see. Uh, Nelson Mullins uh, says he has the FD, Canon FD, 55 1.2 SSC, uh, which has not really impressed him much over the years. Um, so that's that's kind of interesting. He's it says I guess I should give it a go with my Canon A one first to see if it's any good with film. Um, sure, that that yeah, try it out, right? Um, I, man, I I I know that the, we we kind of maybe dissed on that lens a little bit, but I gotta say I having held that lens, I've never used one, but having fondled it many times at the camera shop, it's a beautiful lens. But you guys. Have actually shot through it and are not as hot on it, right? Well, that, that, well that's not quite right because the, no? okay. the now the the two that we gave a little bit of a hard time uh, to were the the FL fifty eight, and okay. um, and I gave a, a, a bit of a hard time to the uh, FD fifty one point two L lens. Um, yeah, the uh, the other lenses, including the fifty five, I've I've been under the impression that the fifty fives and the other fifties are actually quite quite decent. That- in, so. Yeah, and that was my impression too. I mean, it, 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 it's one of those odd 55s that it's almost like at 1.2, it seems like there's a lot more 
depth of field for some reason. I I, I don't know. It's a, it, that was my impression, or maybe it's just that the the there's a, a deeper I don't know sharpness. There's something about it. Um, seemed like not super characteristically f 1.2 i guess is what i'm trying to say well suppose if if the lens is relatively soft wide open then it's going to be that much harder to dis to discern exactly where the critical focus point is so therefore it may seem wider perhaps i don't know maybe yeah possibly i don't know it seemed very sharp to me it just seemed like it didn't you know what it is it seemed like it didn't have a hell of a lot of character for for a 1.2 and maybe that's what nelson is sort of saying is that that it didn't impress him all that much. And I guess that's what kind of what I'm saying is a rendering to me seemed a little bit uh, bland, sharp, like really sharp, but just kind of bland. And maybe Nelson, maybe you can jump back on in the comments this week and, and, you know, give a little more info of that. What you, what do you felt about the rendering? Cause that, that I guess that was my thought yeah, on a few occasions I messed around with it. So, uh, so thank you very much for that comment. Um, let's see, Nigel Cliff. Uh, what did he mention? Oh, he said, "Great show. I don't have a 1.2 uh, wide angles for for micro four thirds." So he was uh, contemplating a bit there on on lenses that would work in that format. Um, let's see, James Giordano. So Jimmy Jimmy basically wrote a novella um, <laughs> in his his feedback comments. And I was actually just going to go through and um, it's too much to kind of read. So I was going to go through and just cherry pick words out of his novella that I thought were particularly fun. So uh, Jimmy's comment is curmudgeonly gas attack. Uh, What else do we have here? Curmudgeonly gas attack. He's got to have some other good Jimmy Uh, Japanese seller. He says a few, few times, uh gas driven gas driven yeah there we go uh holy classic lenses batman well there you go uh uh, barely a dust particle time machine oh wait and to wrap it all up cynical pricks thanks james (laughs) giordano jimmy we couldn't have done it without you uh (laughs) but please go back and read the entirety of jimmy's curmudgeonly comments if you're not a cynical prick. So um, that kind of wraps up uh, the uh, feedback from episode 28. I was going to say, right, right at the start of Jimmy D's uh, comment there, he was saying, um, nice job of letting other people write the script for this week's <laughs> <Yeah>. podcast. <laughs> uh, which, which, of course, last week was uh, pretty much dominated by the, the survey we did on, uh, yeah. on fast yeah. lenses. And um, I've got to say, much to... Uh, um, Jimmy's, uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be annoyment or pleasure, uh, annoyment, um, annoyance or pleasure. Um, we, I guess this week is actually going to be quite similar to last week because um, <laughs> right. we we asked uh, a question um, and I put the question out on a, in, a, in a few places um, on the, my Instagram and uh, in photography with classic lenses and the, uh, the gas factory on the... Um, in the gas group, and I was—I can't remember the name of the gas group now. So, uh, film camera gas factory, I think it is. Yeah, um, yeah. So, um, I put uh, a question out there, and the response uh, to that question has been enormous. Um, so, so enormous that uh, despite our uh, best efforts, that we we're actually going to come up with our own uh, comments this week. <laughs> We've got an absolute shed load of things uh, that we want to go through. 
um, from 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 the comments. And uh, we and we today we're going to go through as many of these as we can do. Um, we were just talk, talking earlier um, uh, before we started recording about attempting to uh, just just perhaps skip a few. And uh, and I was looking through them, and it's it's very very difficult to actually skip any because. Every single comment, uh, whether it be a, a positive, a negative, a flippant, or or whatever, um, they've they've all got something good and uh, good to say um, and relevant. So uh, I think we're just going to plow through this as, as best as we can. Um, now uh, that that question, um, I say, I put it out in, in in a few places, and I'll I'll, I'll read the question out now. Um, if I can find it. Uh, da, 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 da. And it was saying that one day's Classic Lenses podcast is going to be about lenses that kill gas, uh, gear acquisition syndrome. If a lens actually exists, we'd love to hear for, love to hear your opinions on what those lenses are. Uh, feel free to suggest uh, lens and camera combinations um, because some some lenses work better on, on their native camera systems. Um, and... Uh, and I also uh, just had to clarify it there that I was after, in particular, people's actual experiences rather than uh, throwing up a few names in the air about some aspirational lenses that uh, you know, people would like to have but can't afford or they're just, just out of reach for, for some reason. And um, I'm going to, okay. as, as I've already alluded to, the, 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 the response was, was split. And uh, I was expecting people to just pretty much just come up with some uh, names of lenses and why. Um, and but not all the answers were positive. In fact, probably close to half the answers were actually about negative lenses, uh, which so we're going to split um, what we're doing into two halves. And we're going to start off with the with the with generally with the positive answers. Um, and we're going to go through those first. But, be, but the first one I'm going to mention there was the on Instagram um, because I only actually had one response and it was from Graham from the uh, Sunny 16 podcast and um, you mean Jeremy <laughs> yeah well that's that's sort of how it's spelt isn't it when you actually look I thought that's it. how it was pronounced yeah you might think that but he seems to pronounce it as Graham for some reason so oh, uh, I think okay. we, we, right. we'll, uh, we'll, we'll we'll go with that um, okay. and um, his response to that question uh, was um, how on earth could you three rabid acquisition monkeys have any concept of gas killing gear? This is going to be the shortest show ever. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and I, th I think he's probably right there. I think he's got, he's got a good point because, um, I mean, if I was, if I was asked to uh, come up with a, uh, an answer to that question myself, um, and uh, you know, could could you could you name a gas killing lens or uh, lenses? Um, and my answer will be no. And let's move on to the next question. Um, and I, I get a sneaky feeling that might also apply to Johnny and Carl to some degree as well. Um, so yes, we are rabid acquisition monkeys, and um, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a it's a it's a difficult it's a difficult one for us to to stop, no doubt. So uh, um, I get over it by the fact that. I buy and sell lenses as, as a day job, so uh, that 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 really helps me. <laughs> I've turned it, I've turned a, a negative into a positive there, so uh, yep. at least that's what I tell my wife anyway. Um, as as my collection seems to grow a little bit each week. <laughs> um, anyway, so we posted the question 
in a, in a couple of places. Uh, one in the uh, film camera um, gas group. And I'm going to go through uh, the answers that we had in there first, uh, and then I'll move on to photography with classic lenses. And uh, the first response in the gas group was by our own Imon, um, and you know, friend of the show, been on the show twice, and is also uh, uh, works in the medical profession. And uh, he suggested that gas can only be dealt with with psychiatric help. And, uh, and Em also agreed with that. Um, so I think there's something to be said about that. And I, th I think he's, uh, you know, he may he may well be right. Um, but um, I think nobody listening to this podcast really wants to hear that much in the way of common sense do they so um, we'll we'll gloss we'll gloss over that one and uh, move on to uh, the next one with uh, Shay and Morrison I'm hopefully I'm, hopefully I'm pronouncing your name right there um, suggested that the Carl Zeiss Jena 75mm Biotar um, is an absolute gas killing lens and uh, Jimmy D interestingly enough agreed with that one as well um, and yeah, that's that's an interesting one because it's it's how do you define a gas killing lens? Um, because I don't think and nobody can possibly say that one lens is is enough for for us all. But you could say, well, for a portrait lens, um, that that may well be uh, a lens that you just would stop at and you wouldn't need anything else. Um, you could also say that you know uh, within the range of seventy five millimeter lenses. Um, that will be the that will be the one, but you could also say there aren't actually that many seventy five millimeter lenses out there. So, um, but that's a that's a, a good suggestion there, and um, and Jimmy agreed with that one. Um, now then, Livio Nimmer, um, he suggests that there's uh, no such cure for gas, which is probably right. Um, uh, but his recommendation is to get the, the best and fastest lenses you can afford. Um, if there's a slower and faster version of the same lens, then it's better to save up for the more expensive one. And uh, because eventually you'll get, you're just going to get the faster one anyway. Um, I, that's, that's, a, that's a relatively common view. Um, I'm not 100% sure if that's actually in, entirely right. Um, certainly, I'm, I'm guessing, Johnny, uh, there are some slower lenses that you 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 hold very fondly um would you would you would you agree with that statement or, or not no yeah i i i would um i mean i do kind of i do kind of uh see what he's saying though i mean you know if you have a 51.8 lens of almost any variety you're probably gonna eventually want the 51.4 if you like the 51.8 so i i feel like it's you know I, I think that's just kind of the road that you're going to go, I, especially with SLR lenses. I mean, I know that that's kind of been my uh, experience is that I end up eventually with probably what I would consider the, the best lens of any maker's lineup, which I think is usually the 51.4 um, uh, rather than, you know, like a 1.8. So I, I don't know. I think there's some, some truth to that. Um, you sound like that maybe you have a comment in mind that I, I have, I have a, I, have I mean, a con so wait, but I think Simon, did you, did you think I was going to mention something yeah, specific there? Yeah, yeah. I, I know that you're a big, you're quite a fan of slower lenses as much as anything, and uh, <laughs> and, and, and particular some, a particular range of very boring lenses as well, actually. Uh, now I see where you were going with that. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he has uh, the fastest Tessar. <laughs> 
So. The fastest tests are it's that's like saying you have like the I, I don't know the fastest fastest you know you go or something right I mean <laughs> I, I the, yes I have a f2.2 tessar uh, uh, <laughs> well there's a good example I mean there, there, there's a there's a lens that that could be maybe be a gas curing lens that 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 uh, Fuji what is it 52.2 55 55 2.2 thank you um, which is essentially a a, a, a tessar that they tossed a couple of extra glass elements into to make it faster, but it's just as uh, goofy, wide open as a you know a two point eight tessar would it, be. It's a tessar gone bad, isn't it? That yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, basically it's 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 a it's a tessar. Um, it's a tessar that is like walking around in high heels and fishnets with like a skimpy dress on. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, it's, and, 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 and it's 65 years old. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's not going to get any better. Yeah. It, it's just not, you know? So I, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I mean, that's a good example. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, so the one that I put on the website and I, and I think this holds true is that I, so I have an AIS Nikkor, <laughs> 51.4 and it's fantastic lens beautiful it's one of my best lenses but after i have had it for almost a year i bought the 50 50 f2 and and i like having them both now they're totally different lenses it's not the same as stopping the other one down to f2 the character is entirely different well you've you've got another example as well of them recently and that's the uh the carl zeiss jena pankalor uh because i know that that's the other. That's you've another had the, one. Yeah, you've had the one point eight, but it's it's the f two is the one that you like. I like the f two. I think it's fantastic. The one point eight, I thought was just was okay. It wasn't anything special, and I sold it. Hmm. So I think fa- faster is certainly not always better. Um, yeah, but not I think, always. but I think that certainly the point that Livio makes there that ultimately you're just going to end up with the fastest one anyway at some point. I think there's a lot of truth in that. Yeah. 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 Um, I would agree. So, well, well we'd know. Um, yeah, so moving on to the comments in photography with classic lenses. Uh, the first one on there was by Tom Shepard. Um, and his first comment was, wow, <laughs> what an interesting question. Um, it's it's like, and he equated it to, um, if he could only have one lens, what would it be? Uh, which we're, we're not going to ask that question, so that's... that's it's truly difficult, so we'll probably do that another week. Um, but um, for him, uh, his closest answer would be the Canon LTM 51.8. And this is largely because he doesn't have the 51.4, which suggests that his gas is not over, seeing he's already suggesting that, uh, what he wants <laughs> instead of that lens. So uh, perhaps not. Um, interesting enough, actually, that's a good example uh, of, of a great lens as well. The, the 51.8 LTM is an excellent lens uh, i've not actually used that lens i know carl and uh johnny you both uh, hold that one in very uh high regard don't you it's fantastic yeah I, the ford taurus I, is awesome <laughs> you, uh, you didn't really mean that though about that lens i don't think no no but uh there's a there's an example though of um a slow lens being being worthy in its own right and certainly not uh although it in itself it, it's not uh dampening his uh desire for a 51.4 yeah um 
Brian uh, Nagar, who again, hopefully I've uh, pronounced your name uh, correctly there. Um, he He's had a, a list of uh, end-all lenses, um, but he, it, it seems that uh, a lens that he's, had, he's been after for quite some time and he's finally got it now is the Vivitar Series 155 1.2, um, which uh, he saw pictures of it and then decided he had to have it. Um, from from the pictures, and I, I, I imagine that he actually already knew that this is just a, a variation of the uh, one of the many Tomioka or Casina uh, mm. 55 1.2s with the flat at flat rear element that uh, seems to crop up in so so many um, different different variations. But it was just the fact that I think he was just just drawn uh, to the uh, to the to having the series one there. Um, so uh so that's 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 something that um seems to have uh it's, it's saying that it's uh, trying to stop his gas but i'm not entirely sure that's entirely true um now then uh natalie um hopefully again i've pronounced your your name correctly there um has uh, suggested the 85 millimeter f1.4 carl zeiss planar um it's absolutely beautiful to use he's got it in the, the Nikon mount um, so we can use it on different systems um, yeah absolutely wonderful lens I, I would well not that I've used it but I'd, I'd really want to um, and um, uh, Nelson Mullis uh, as opposed to Nelson Mullins as uh, John you said earlier um, so there you, there you oh, go Nelson I've, I'll put it right for you um, has uh, suggested that it's the ultimate portrait lens although uh, it's still on his list at this moment so uh, gas has not been uh, satisfied yet there yet by uh, Nelson on that one, that one um Sven uh, Poodle or P Poodle or Pudel uh, um, made a couple of posts I'm going to sort of put the two of them together um I think because it's quite interesting because um he effectively argues against himself on on, on this one by he starts off by saying well you know what's the problem with gas and why why should it be stopped and then he goes on to talk about his project that he's doing at the moment which is one year one lens so he's mm -hmm. just using uh, a voigtlander 40 mil f2 um and uh and he's he's loving all the things that are about it uh sharp nice rendering and 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 uh so he also mentions the uh the the bonus of the ring of fire uh, with that which i i'm guessing that's going to be uh to do one of those um arcs of uh of colored flare that you 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 get with with certain lenses would that uh would that ring true with you guys yeah the pan the pan color 51.8 does that better mm -hmm. than maybe any other lens that was the one attribute of that lens that was really cool is that it made that that perfectly circular ring that looked like fire if you got it right in the evening sun yeah well cash lens yeah but the so he so he's uh saying that that, he, that that's by 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 doing the uh the, sticking to one lens and doing say a thousand images and uh, with with the same lens that's pretty much going to cure your gas but it the, the and I can I can see why that could potentially do that, but in the at the same time he's still buying and selling other lenses as, as, as yeah, well. Yeah, it sounds, <laughs> so. sounds like being 
being married. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if, if that, if that, if that sign same up, lands a thousand times. <laughs> if, uh, if that's how he manages it, then uh, then that's that 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 works for me as as, I, as well. I, yeah, but I thought that was a while. That was pretty. There's a lot of wisdom in that statement to bring to a, a gas conversation. You know, to say that if you if you use the same lens, you know, over and over for a long period of time, you really do get to know what that lens can do, you know? And I, and I feel like that's the way people used to back in the day that they really didn't buy a lot of lenses. Cause my God, they were so mm. expensive compared to what people's income was, you know? And so people would have like one or two lenses that they would just use the hell out of. And they, they'd really get to know those lenses. So I, I there, there, that's a, there's a lot of, a lot of wisdom in there. If, you know, I guess finding a lens that satisfies your gas enough that you're happy with it, and then you just really, really use it till you stop pi- pixel peeping and really understand what they what it can do. I could do it, but it would drive me nuts because of the different kinds of shots that I like to take. I could, I could just imagine if I picked um, okay a 180 millimeter lens that I use when we go to concerts that works perfect. Then what the hell would I do? If I go to you know Washington D.C. and I want to shoot wide cityscape shots, or if I pick the 35 millimeter Canon and then I went to a concert and all I could do is take a picture of the whole stage with all the people, like little ants on it. I, I could have do to it. get more creative I, as a photographer. Be, yeah, jump up on the stage <laughs> in people's face, right, and get, then yeah, yeah. Get kick, kicked off by the security people or something. I would. That's what you'd have to do. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, moving moving on, we got uh, a comment by Glad Nicole Perrow, um, and uh, he suggests uh, that a gas killing lens will be something that empties your bank account and your loan shark money, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you simply cannot buy another lens for the rest of your life. Um, to which Shay M. Morrison uh, suggests that's, uh, that that may well be happening to him as he's uh, doing his best to uh, sell parts of his body for a biotar 75 1.5 uh, <laughs> second mention of that lens uh, today yeah. um mark ec uh suggested the canon f well you can actually say fd but let's assume he means the the fd 200 millimeter f2 um and uh the leica trell tri elmar uh, for the for <laughs> a gfx 50s and m10 um it's interesting that that I've I've noticed every now and again that Canon two hundred millimeter f two that pops up on eBay occasionally, and it, yeah, you can see it for a lot of money. But sometimes it pops up for quite you know, very reasonable money. I've, I've like my eyes popped when I had a little look at uh, what some people actually managed to buy that lens for in the past. So that that's probably one of those uh, sleeper lenses that everybody's going to start looking for now, and there'll never be a cheap one again. I'm sorry, but. Um, <laughs> That's uh, that's uh, I better I better get one before in the in the five hours before this podcast goes out and then uh, or, or just cut it completely from the from 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 the podcast. Yeah, um, you won't have to worry about uh, the the Trielmar getting cheap or anything though. No, I guess I guess not. Yeah. Good lord, I must. I don't actually know what the Trielmar is. I mean, do you want to tell us a bit more about that, Johnny? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, it's, a, it's kind of what it sounds like. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a like a Trialmar. I'm assuming he's talking about the 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 Trialmar M, which is um, it, it's basically you know the three focal length lens. So it's a 16, 18, and 21 f4 spherical, um, 
which is about a six thousand dollar lens. So, yeah, if you're not happy with that one, I you know, <laughs> I would hope that any lens that you that anyone bought that was six grand ish would be <laughs> a true crowd favorite. Would be a gas killer. I would hope. Well, I mean, and you know, and then it's a gas killer lens on a couple of gas killer cameras too. A, the well, yeah, GFX50S and the yeah. M10. Yeah. So, well, just I, I'm, I'm a hopefully I, I imagine I'm not alone now by by saying what on earth is a is a three uh, focal length <laughs> lens. It, it, I'm, I'm assuming you're not saying that this is a, a zoom lens. It's got some. What does it do? Does it unscrew and come apart? And it, no, it's it, it, no. I mean, it is essentially a zoom lens. It's just got stops at you know sixteen, eighteen, and and twenty one. So. Um, it's, it's basically a, a three focal length system. So you can switch between, you know, those, those three, um, different flavors of wide angle, which I, to me, I don't know. It's, it's have 16, 18 and 20. I mean, take a step back, dude. I, I don't know. I mean, 16, 18 and 20, maybe 16 and 20, I, whatever it's. So what happens? Is there a spring on there or something that gives you an electric shock? If you try to use the focal lengths in between the, 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 the three settings, no, it, it just, it, it switches in, but it clicks in between the three focal length positions. And the idea is that because of the floating element design, it's per, it's not like a zoom where it's just, oh let's move it back and forth and some of it's going to be shitty and some of it's going to be good it's that it's clicked in at three focal lengths with floating element you know design so that each focal length is like really good you know yeah um so i mean it makes sense i just i think it to me it seems a little bit absurd to have the three focal lengths being 16 18 and 21 but then if it was called a by elmar it wouldn't be nearly as sexy would it <laughs> So, and it probably wouldn't cost six grand, and then, then it wouldn't be a big dick lens, and who would buy it? Mm. Yeah, so, fair enough. Um, then Christopher J. May, uh, he uh, suggests that no lens exists. Um, he's uh, interested to see what other people are going to say on the subject. Um, he does his best to refrain from gas induced purchases. Um, but then he goes on to say about a Tamron adaptor lens, a uh, SP 180 millimeter f 2.5, uh, which he, which he bought, and that obviously made a such a big impression on him that he, he then developed this fetish for more Tamron adaptor lenses. So it's it's a case of sometimes you can start somewhere and it just opens a big can of worms, um, and I've I've certainly experienced this and uh, and. It, after he did that with adaptor lenses, he, the same thing happened to him again with Nikon lenses. Um, and I know that's something that happened with you, Carl, as well, didn't it? You know, you've, you had one Nikon and then all of a sudden that seems to be probably your most popular uh, lens maker. Is that, is that right? <laughs> I think I have eight now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so what he, he goes on there with, a, with, with one of the, uh, the statements, really, um, as is, is gas begets gas. Um, so, uh, yeah, and I think, I think that's absolutely true. The, the more you buy, the more you want, it seems. And one of the things that can happen is if you change your camera body, you know, um, and I think that's what happened with me. I got a better digital camera and, um, and then the, the Nikkor lens was a lot more interesting. So that's when I bought more. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, 
Well, it's certainly the case that some lenses work better on others, um, and that goes both ways as as well. Really, some some lenses work better on smaller sensors as, as some right. on larger. So, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's a good point. Um, Lars Teppen Johansson um, suggests that if you want to kill gas or what we used to call LBA, lens buying addiction, uh, before uh, gas pretty much took over as the, uh, the main term in our group, at least anyway. Um, and he suggested just go for a Zeiss planar. Um, and uh, Carl, you had a, a, a comment to make about that, uh, didn't you? No, I said, well, you sure. If you, and then if, when you buy the 51.4, then you still need the 85 1.4. And then after you have the 85.1.4, you, you probably want to get the 85 1.2 because it would be better. And then you won't still have an Opton sonar or a Biotar. Yeah. And, uh, and I think Lars uh, acknowledged that. Um, and uh, he, he also suggested that he's had a, a bad conscious at conscience at times over uh, you know, some of the money that he spent over on, on, on of these things over a period. But I, I think to uh, ease his conscience there, uh, Lars, um, is that as long as you buy wisely, um, you don't lose money. Um, that's that's certainly uh, as you know in the in the main that's certainly gone for, gone for myself there um, and I think one of the tips there is uh, try try to keep keep an eye out for things that you want but don't necessarily go hell bent on looking for specifically the item that you want because that because then you'll end up just uh, buying almost the, the 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 cheapest available perhaps or uh, whatever's available rather than waiting over a period of time to actually get to see the right one that comes in at the right price um, yeah. so yeah i think if you jump into these things then you you may end up with some buyer's remorse but uh, if you take your time over it it's um, that's well just take your time over it i think that's a better way to do things medibuolasa um suggests that uh, you you know when you've got a problem when you say that you've, you've got all the focal lengths covered and then you're starting to find you're starting to have having to buy other things uh, on, on on ebay <laughs> um, and you're trying to cover these things up um, from your partner um, and uh, nelson suggested yes uh, covering all the focal lengths then cover all the brands then uh, cover all the gotta haves <laughs> and then any 20 20 dollar mm -hmm. deals and steals in between then a new right. cabinet and lighting equipment and a four-wheel drive to get to places so you can make sure you can actually get to those uh, hard yeah. to get lenses and uh, pretty much when you've done all that, you've pretty much cured a gas, which I, again, can't, can't knock that. Can't disagree with that. No, I, the, the one, I, the one I like that my personal one is, um, well, I I've got one, but I mean, it's a rare lens. So I might as well just get another copy of it. Yeah. So you get, so buy multiple copies of your gas lens that, and which I have done. So I, to me, that's the all that's the ultimate is you can not the ultimate, but, you know, it's a great strategy as well. I got one. And I mean, if anything ever happened to it, it would be too expensive to fix. So I might as well just get another one. It's cheaper. Yeah, I, There's a little tip for you from the gas fanatics. <laughs> that's I've, I've never had that problem. I'm, for, I'm OK with lenses, but I, I do sometimes I, I, I do see why people buy more than one camera. Um, that that does make a bit of sense, especially if you're uh, part of the uh, Petri Greenomatic cult, where probably you need about four or five uh, oh, examples yeah. of the same camera just to make oh, yeah. sure that you can actually get through a week of shooting with one. Yeah, um, well, that's that you're, then you're you you have to buy multiples because it's inevitable. Every shutter advance could be the last one. Exactly. So 
you know, you have to have a backup camera that you can either repair or use for parts. So you need to have at least three or four copies of the same camera. Yeah. Um, Renan Goxin um, has put a suggestion for uh, any lens manufacturers that are listening to the podcast. Um, because he's just provided some specs for uh, a, a gas killing uh, lens, which would be, uh, and I'm assuming this is a full frame lens, um, and it's a 15 to 135 millimeter lens with uh, manual focus, but he also wants autofocus in there as well, which hmm, maybe, uh, but he wants a, uh, a maximum aperture fixed, uh, uh, so constant aperture of f1.8, and he's even given um, some weights, weights and dimensions on there, which are quite modest, uh, only 470 yeah. 70 grams and 65 mils in, in what length. Is that, what is that in American? How much does that, for it? see, I, I learned that a gram weighs about as much as a raisin. So I look at that and I see 470 <laughs> raisins. <laughs> so I'm trying to think about how much 470 raisins weigh, but not that much, right? I mean, that's like, that's like four or five of those little sun-made red boxes of raisins yeah. that got sent with you to school yeah it's holy cow it's a, it's 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 a relatively large ltm lens i would i would say oh yeah yeah, yeah. Well, that would be gigantic a 1.8 fixed aperture lens would be freaking huge yeah um by the way he, he, well it's, it's it's good to know he's not actually that bothered about corner to corner sharpness um, so, uh, <laughs> which is probably good <laughs> uh, oh and the and actually it, do, it does say that uh it, it is full frame as well so uh yeah yeah, yeah. Sounds, yeah. sounds 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 good to me but i'm not into zoom lenses so uh um i don't i don't know but it depends you know if it's he hasn't actually mentioned the price of it actually so i mean if it's you know 100 pounds 120 dollars or so I, I suppose you know i might go for it seven artisans is going to have one of those any day now <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be Two ninety-five. Um, moving on, we've got Eddie Cho, I think. Um, he suggest well, not suggested. He says that he bought a Mamaya Secor fifty-five one point four, which made me sell my Helios forty-four dash two. Ooh, that that causes me a few problems. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's, oh, it's oh, that's great. It's, I bet he got at least one hundred fifty dollars for that forty-four two. Um, well, the couple of things there. Um, Mamaya Secor 55 1.4. Uh, there's two versions of those. I just can't, I can never get past this one without saying that one of them is the SX and the other one is not the SX. And the one that is the SX is not the same lens as the ubiquitous uh, Tommy Oka made one. It's a, it's a, mm -hmm. It is an individual lens in its own right. So we don't actually know which one he's talking about there, although lots and lots of people love that uh, Tommy Oka casino or whoever made it um, mm -hmm. lens, which I think we're probably going to have to revisit that one, uh, one, one, one day, probably not too far away, I guess. Um, but in terms of picking that over a Helios, I'd do it the other way around personally. I'd, I'd prefer the Helios, but... Uh, I guess you wouldn't. You wouldn't, Johnny. No. No. <laughs> well, each each to our own. Indeed. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Edward Rock. Edward Rockhopper. Um, now uh, he va he vowed to stop for a while after buying the second Helios Forty, um, and uh, the reason why I bought the second one is the the first one uh, didn't uh, focus to infinity, uh, so he needed a perfect one. Now that's an interesting one. That that jumps out at me. There is a there's a bit of an issue in there, um, and that's if you're talking about the Helios Forty and not the Helios Forty Dash Two. Um, the Helios Forty, which is comes with a 
Zenit M39 mount is not going to focus to infinity on a regular M42 adapter. It just won't, but it actually uses a different register. So if you, by the sounds of it, if you want to make that lens focus to infinity, um, then there's a couple of ways of doing it. One, you can change the shims inside the lens, which that's, that's fine if you know where to get shims from and how to swap them over and get them exactly the right size, which is easier to, said than done. Uh, the alternative is just uh, change the way that you actually adapt it to your camera. Uh, in particular, uh, actually, we don't know if he's using uh, mirrorless or DSLR, which would actually make a bearing on this. But if, you, if you're using a mirrorless camera, then you can, instead of using a, a regular M42 adapter, then use a combination of a slim adapter and a, and a focusing helicoid, and you will then be able to take that lens to infinity. Um, I was going to say, I was going to say, and beyond, but actually you can get it so it actually stops on <laughs> infinity with, uh, with, um, with, with the helicoid if, if, if you set it up. So I don't know if that, if that now means that you don't actually need both of those Helios lenses or not. I don't know. but uh, I think so. Yeah. Well, actually, I had I had one of each. Um, I had a, a, a 40, and uh, not long after, I picked up a 40-2, and I put the two together, and I, I tried them out, and I, I just preferred the 40. I just preferred the 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 I, I, the look uh, and the rendering of the of the older lens. Um, I think the newer lens was a tad sharper. Um, there was nothing wrong with a newer lens, really. I could have been happy with both of them, but when you do a head-to-head -head test, you sort of pick out the one that you you like the most and i i just generally preferred the older one um then moving on uh ron whiteman um this i think by the time he asked he made this comment the the, the post had been there for a few days and he starts off by saying i'm still trying to answer this question um and he doesn't have an answer um although he's uh He's, he's saying that the Canon LTM lenses have slowed him down. Um, he, he started off with a 52.2, uh, which is small and fun to use. And uh, the 51.4 that he has has is, is not been off his X-T2 since it arrived. Um, and he's also just purchased the 35.1.8, uh, which is going to be coming. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's having a bit of trouble with gas. And uh, he's also suggested that perhaps he should just simply stop listening to the Classic Lenses podcast. Because <laughs> um, uh, that, that seems to be uh, causing him a few problems. I, I, well, on, on behalf of Johnny and Carl, I, we're, we're, we're sorry about that, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> that that uh, fifty two point two is the one that Hamish has spoken about quite highly, and is a very rare lens, actually. So, good good on him for scoring one of those. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. That was I was, I was thinking. Of, where, where have I heard about that? Yeah, I think it was on one of his recent blog posts. Uh, one of Hamish's yeah. recent blog posts. Yeah, yeah he, I think he even mentioned it when he was on with us the first time. That um, it, I think it came with the. Canon P originally, and it's yeah. yeah, it's not a it's not a very common lens to find, so pretty nice. Okay, uh, Roger Lund chipped in with uh, uh, the Voigtlander Nocton thirty five one point two because he, nice. he he likes his the the sharpness and and the rendering, um, and uh, talk of the devil, uh, <laughs> Amish Gill, <laughs> he. Uh, he uh, suggested that um, his 50mm ZM sonar uh, cured him of Leica lens gas. Um, oh, would that happen to be the Lambo lens? It's, it certainly is. It certainly is. Um, and um, 
and by that he's he's suggesting that is he just doesn't feel like he just needs any of the more expensive Leica lenses um, for his Leica cameras um, and <laughs> any any kind of uh, gas in the future is 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 now more about not necessarily better but different and i think that yeah. goes for a lot yeah, of yeah, us yeah. we can go yeah, to yeah. A, a, a certain point where actually you're thinking well is there a sharper in whatever way lens than what you might have well in itself does that mean that you're not interested in another lens of, the, of a similar focal length well the answer is no because it's not all about sharpness and and perfection um yeah. it's 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 about well there's a lot of things isn't it it's it's about the the overall look um, how it renders, um, how it flares, how it doesn't flare, um, shape of the aperture. Um, there are just so so many things, and, and including one of my favourite points is just how a lens feels to use. Um, there, there are some lenses that I've I've kept that I just prefer the way that they work, even though I might have done a, a comparison test and it'd be weaker than a than another lens, but ultimately it just works better, and I'm I'm happier using it. Yeah, good. Just, yeah, yeah. That's that's my problem. You guys are you guys are really good about, especially Carl, about getting a lens, trying a lens, selling a lens. And I'm like, I think I don't buy as many, but I I don't sell them because I'm like, well, yeah, all right, I have another I have a lens that performs better, but it's different. And then I'm like, well, I don't really want to get rid of that because it's different, you know? Yeah. And and that's almost the reason. Like I was just talking about those Helios forties. The Helios 40 is, is different from the 44.2, hmm. um, but I guess in, in my case, I just couldn't justify having two relatively expensive lenses that are only subtly different. Um, but when you when you lower down the range, um, then yeah, I've got quite a few lenses that don't owe me a great deal, and I'll use them occasionally just because I'm just in the mood for that particular lens, and it's just perfect for that particular scenario. Um, so that's a, a reason why a lot of us have multiple lenses of the same focal length. But you're right, Johnny. I probably have had oh ten Helios forty four lenses. Yeah. Maybe 12. I don't know. Um, and I have one now. I've kept that silver 40 um, 12 blade one. 44. Early, 44. The 44 12 blade, the early one that I was uh, sold um, on the fact that it wasn't a uh, special zero zero Communist Party lens. But <laughs> which is, I'm sticking with that. I like the story. But it's better it's better than all the other ones that I've had. So the others debunked by Vlad Vlad himself. It's, it's, it's better than I like it's better. I compared it to the forty four three and I and I liked it better than that even. So that's the only one I've kept. Right. Well, that that pretty much covers the uh, the the as I was saying the the positive answers uh, ah, that, okay. that, that we had. Um, okay. So, which which pretty much means there were some negative hand answers that we that we had there as well. So, Carl, do you want to do you want to take it away with uh, with with some of the uh, opposing views? Yeah, I, want, I wanted to do. Well, there's a particular one that I wanted to do first. Let me see if I can find it anymore. Because I asked someone to please go on a little bit more. So there's embedded comments within comments here. Oh, okay, I'll just start at the top. What the hell? Can I throw one in real quick? I'm sorry. There was yeah. one more positive comment I wanted to throw in because I thought it was a good one. And I mean, I well, uh, 
uh, Chris Moran, Chris Moran said uh, Pentax 105 2.4 oh, yeah. is great for helping with medium format gas. And um, oh my God, I hate that lens because it makes me want to get a Pentax 6.7, which is a <laughs> camera I have no interest in owning. But that lens is like freaking ridiculous. The rendering out it is so nice. So it's like a lens that actually makes me want to buy a camera to use a lens. <laughs> Which is really bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So I found it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read one that's really long, and it'll probably result in a good amount of discussion. And it'll it'll take us a while. We'll see how that goes. And it's by I hope I pronounced the name right. It's K A R E N Karen, Aaron's A A R O N S, and it says. I read this question differently. First, I thought you meant what lens camera combination would make you stop buying shit you don't need. Here's a small <laughs> list of things I bought. Here's a th small list of things I've bought and regretted. Oh, and, and it stopped from buying me more crap. One, any lens longer than 90 millimeters on a rangefinder. You think it's a good idea, but then you try balancing that 135 millimeters on that tiny body and pulling focus and you realize you've been had. Second, any lens mounted to a Zenit SLR makes you want to smash your face into the bricks. Third, all push-pull lenses, especially the older, cheap, no-name brand ones that seem to slowly creep down their zoom, zoom range when holding the lens even one millimeter lower than yeah, totally. 180 degrees. I, it's like an old man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an old man with a prostrate trying to have a wee. I hate the bloody things. Okay. And then I said, um, I agree 100%. Love it. Please keep going. <laughs> so, so then here it is. The, the entire Minolta autofocus range of both cameras and lenses. Yes, there are some hidden gems among this pile of crap. But by and large, the Minolta autofocus era was shameful. And I'm a, mass, I'm a massive Minolta fanboy, but the plethora of cheap-ass, slow-speed, mostly zoom, plastic pieces of crap they call lenses were diabolical. Try manly focusing those bastards with a focus ring looser than a red light district whore <laughs> <laughs> and as thin as tinsel. And the cameras are as plasticky as someone you'd find in a box of Cheerios. The rest can <laughs> off. <laughs> All right, and then I'll just kind of read the thread three, and then we can talk. Okay, and here's the second one. This will be contentious, but using a Hasselblad outside of the studio is cumbersome, unwieldy, and just more of a pain in the ass than it's worth. Yes, Hasselblads are nice cameras, but it's like trying to use a Formula One car to fetch some bread from the corner shop. <laughs> they are shit. They are shit cameras to handhold. They belong on a tripod in the pretentious studio, making art with in parentheses, <laughs> moody, with moody but beautiful French models while puffing away on a, a cigar. I don't know how to pronounce it. And then the last one is fisheye lenses. Why? What kind of crap party trick is this anyway? But you can see all this stuff around you, man. Isn't that great? No, it's just shit. You'll buy this overpriced 8 or 12 or 16 millimeter lens, thinking how much fun it will be making spherical stains all over the place. It's like looking at a scene through a used toilet roll tube. You realize that after just using it for a day that it may never go back on your camera bag again because it's crap. There's a reason that once we left the sea, us humans got rid of <laughs> fish eyes and about the nice optically corrected eyes we have now. <laughs> okay, so there's a Minolta lenses, fish eyes, and Hasselblads out of the studio. 
Well, there's a the, the, the Hasselblad one is a, is a, uh, sort of strikes me. Uh, you can relate to that. Oh, I, I can, and I'm I'm now using this as my official reason for not using the Hasselblad. Uh, yes. So, you need a cigar and a model. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, <laughs> It, it, it's 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 it, it's got a point there. I mean, I do actually have a prison finder for for, for mine as well, so it, that makes it a lot easier to to walk about with uh, than using a waist level finder uh, or relying purely on a waist level finder. In fact, actually, if you've if you've got the prison finder, then you can always just remove it, and if, and you've got a waist level finder. So uh, although it's not shaded, but uh, but that that that's make, it makes it quite versatile in in, in some ways, but. I've used uh, a couple of medium format um, cameras for walk, walking around and I've really enjoyed them and I've enjoyed them more than just holding the, the, the Hasselblad or thinking about how I'm going to use it. Um, and they were the Pentacon 6 and um, the Kiev 6 or was it 60 or I'm not too sure there's that much of a difference between the two actually. Um, you know, they're, they're just like oversized SLR cameras. Um, but Although they're absolutely massive, um, they they just still work in the same way as a as a as a regular SLR film camera, and 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 they're just quite quite intuitive. Whereas you you're walking around with this box um, of a Hasselblad, it's is a little bit a little bit weird. And yeah, I I can absolutely uh, relate relate to that comment. And and on yeah, fish I, 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 the fisheye thing, I. I have the same experience but i've seen people take really cool shots with a fisheye um there was a guy on one of the street photography pages that that's how he did his street photography he laid he laid down on the pavement and took fisheye pictures of people and they were kind of cool but i've had them twice and both times i'm just, I'm just gonna say they're trying to make that, that kind of shot illegal in the uk at the moment are they, are they, are they really <laughs> yeah well, well <laughs> i've i've had fisheyes twice and um I, I've sold both both of the, both of them after finding that I used them one time, and then I thought, well, I've done with that. I don't need to do that anymore. Yep. And then they sat in my lens cabinet, and then I sold them. They're you know so. But it is that thing though. You do you've you've alluded to it there. You you see a, a great photograph with it with a fisheye, and there are some times where it's the only way to get a certain kind of photograph, and it's also they've, they've, there's a they're, they're great for. Um, making an interesting shot of a quite a bland situation, um, especially in, in going around streets and things, and uh, the way buildings are, they can they can make the ordinary quite ex extraordinary. But it, it does require a, a, a certain level of vision to actually make those things actually work. Um, otherwise, yeah. you're just making a photograph look weird for the sake of it being weird, rather than weird because you put some thought into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Everybody saw that one album cover, the Jimi Hendrix album cover, the fisheye, and then everybody from then forward has wanted a fisheye lens once. Mm. <laughs> and that's my that's my theory about fisheye lenses, like why they're a thing. Well, <laughs> it all goes back to that. Well, maybe we can. And then the Minolta one is all about autofocus, so I don't. Know, we need to talk about dislike of Minolta autofocus things. Well, it's true though, isn't it? I mean, we've 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 all had to go at manually focusing those those uh, Maxim lenses, and uh, oh, they're terrible. Yeah, oh, this is, there's just zero damping in there. Uh, yep, and mm -hmm. and you got that tiny little focus ring right at the end of the uh, the, the the camera, and yeah, it's it's yeah, they're not nice. And uh, he, he mentioned the, the 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 cameras there, and yes, the majority are more plasticky. Yep, um, I use the 
recently the 800 SI, um, and I was shocked how much I liked that camera. Um, if, if ever there was a, a, a camera in a system that I was uh, uh, born not to like, it was going to be one, one of those, and uh, and I, I loved it, and I thought it was yeah. great. I used it with the uh, a 500 autofocus mirror and a, and a 55 macro lens, and I really, really enjoyed using that those, those lenses and, uh, and that camera. You got me thinking about damping this weekend because I was using a couple of my Nikkor lenses and the 51.4, which I really like. I, I'm, I'm thinking about you talking about damping while I'm using it, and it doesn't have any. <laughs> it doesn't have any damping. So you had said optically it's similar to the uh, planar, but I bet the planar has nice damping. Damping. It, it, right? it, it does. I mean that that's. I keep on going going back to my my 51.4 contacts. Planar. I, for, for me, that is the the reference lens for handling, um, yeah. especially as a fifty millimeter lens, as, a, as an SLR lens at, at least. I've I've yet to use a lens that I would consider to handle better. Um, the the actual damping is 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 wonderful. I mean, there are other lenses with with excellent damping, notably uh, the Takamas and uh, many of the uh, uh, better uh, Minolta uh, MDs and Rockers. I think they they've got beautiful focus rings on them as well. Um, but yeah, for for me, it just it just everything is perfect about the way that that lens handles. I guess I'll find out soon about the Seven Artisan fifty one point one when mine arrives. Hopefully, it'll have some damping in it. Oh yeah, it's it's a it's a very nice it's it's a it's a nice lens to use. That is. It's finally left China and it's on its way, so it'll arrive while I'm away on vacation. So there's one in here that's negative, that's a real short, and then we can do the the real long one where we can have a discussion about a lens that you like and and, and I don't like. Um, so uh, Nigel Cliff has a really short one, and he just said, "To be honest, as a fairly junior gasser, I've yet to come across a piece of shit that makes me want to take up needlework or macrame instead of continuing gas. The closest I've come was a Tamron 200." 3.5 that lacks contrast, but even then can be sorted out with some judicious work in Lightroom. Okay, so that's not it's not too much there. Um, the um, long hey. one, yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's okay because oh, the other one's really long. So go ahead. Is it? Uh, no, no, I was just gonna say we have a we have a couple comments from over at mflenses.com too. So, but oh, no, uh, no, no, we no, do we're that. Gonna, we're gonna yeah, go we there. Do that? Okay, great. Excellent. We're gonna go right over there. Yeah, and so there's. Um, Eric Kaus-Sulus posted about a, a Mir 1, and um, it, it has like it has more responses to it than all of the other responses taken together. It goes on and on and on. But um, it's, yeah, but that's, 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 that's largely me and uh, Eric having an argument, though, isn't it? And, and, <laughs> right. And so, um, and I have one right here in front. Well, it's a little higher. Hey, so do I. It's it's on. It's part of a bookend, so it's a little bit higher in my heads, but I can look up and see it, and this looks really cool. Um, the winner is the Mir 1, the A or B or V Russian 37 2.8 Wonder in black or chrome. That is an absolute piece of shit, in my opinion. I've had several seduced every time, and time and time again, disappointed by its performance, build quality, handling, rendering, sharpness, aberrations, and more. The corner sharpness is under par. At f2.8, it renders like a toy lens from some obscure plastic camera. If used in slightly moist conditions, it dies. Handling should be very delicate at risk of the lens falling apart. The thing is an absolute antidote 
for gas attacks. Buy it and save yourself hundreds in months to come. The Grand Prix winner in 1958 in Brussels. Sure, there must have been a lot of Belgian special beers involved because I gave <laughs> my three copies away some time ago to video shooters because of the fantastic flair it produces. Another great feature of this wannabe optic. For me, this thing is blacklisted forever. And then, and then, um, and then Simon responded with a whole bunch of things, and posted some really actually. So I joked about them, but Simon posted two. Now well, it's the same photo, but it's, it's a really cool photo that he took up on these wonderful um, rock hilltop formations that he has over there with a really nice um, a distant landscape and the a flare from the sun. And and it's a real, it is a good shot. And and I was goofing around saying that he's, I think you've taken better shots than that shot, but it, it's nice. <laughs> well, um, well, well what, what camera, what camera was that shot on, by the way? Well, with the Sony, of course. No, a Sony, a Sony okay. yeah. yeah. And probably no, but yeah, one of those, Sony. those crop Sonys are like a real Sony. A real a, Sony. Okay. An, a, an A7 Mark II. Oh, okay. Right, but, and then and then I was going to say, well, yeah. I, I think it's worth just mentioning that my my response to um, Eric's uh, quite long uh, uh, or long winded even um, yeah. statement there about the uh, um, about the mere one, uh, which I described what he said there's absolute twaddle um, because it's not true at all. It's a it's a great lens. The mere one is a wonderful lens. It just requires special handling and a good understanding of actually how to use the lens. And it's it's as simple as that. But Eric, I, I'll say as much. But Eric just carries on, doesn't he? No, because then he says um, after that he said um, one time I bought six of them from the motherland, some obscure town <laughs> in the tundras, and was eager to get them. I had visions of great profits and financial independence, even happiness, as I bought them for a great price from a hungry <laughs> Russian in the land of the Red Devil and great optics. The box came in through the mail, and after paying import duties, I retired to my study to carefully unpack my newly found treasure. It even smelled like Mother Russia. My, by now, greasy hands were filing the lenses, happiness, sheer bliss. It didn't last more than those initial moments because not a single one of them could render as close to acceptable result, either on digital or film. Out of frustration, I bend them, never looking back. In fact, this is the first time since years I dare to admit to this mistake in my collector's career. They suck balls, as they say in New York City. <laughs> so I, I don't know how much he's... Um, goofing around with us here or you know, he goes on more is another one dear simon this mirror can do absolutely nothing that can remotely please me amuse me make me feel happy or have any other positive impact on my existence the contraption is the turd of the ussr optics <laughs> the eddy of the eagle of the reflex lenses from russia the turkey on thanksgiving the sweat on the dead sea there's nothing that surpasses this level of non-performance in short it's the grand prix of lemons and that said <laughs> it and no hill can do anything about it that's not gonna do any he has more but i think that's good enough to but then simon posted another really great picture but then he said that he thinks it's voodoo then it was not really taken with that lens your black and white photo <laughs> of the wall, which is really super sharp, nice, the contrasty photo. Yeah, as I say, just it just rewards careful use. That's right. That's what you said, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that was it on the um, gas page for negative ones. I don't see any others. Yep. Johnny, maybe you want to do one of the, some from one of the uh, the other two pages. Uh, I want to do uh, the MF lenses. Sure. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, so we had a comment from uh, Old Hand about uh, his review non fifty eight one point two in response to I probably what I shot my mouth off about, which uh, difficulty focusing at f one point two, um, which I was I was sort of referring specifically to rangefinder lenses, but. Um, Actually, I, his photos are fantastic, and I would suggest everyone take a look at these. They're basically, uh, it, sh it says, shots of, of my friends taken in a busy cafe setting, all at f1.2, which I would contend is the perfect use for an f1.2 lens wide open, is in a cafe, your elbows resting on the table, your friends holding motionless for as long as possible, where you can carefully focus with that, you know, at 1.2 on an SLR is actually probably the perfect use for an SLR 1.2 wide open because you're you have a reasonably good chance of getting uh, really good uh, focus results, which is exactly what Old Hand has done. So take a look at his photos and get yourself a 1.2 and go to the pub, and you too can get some fabulous images. Um, but yeah, those are there's some really great shots. Um, and then uh, TBA says. Uh, he mentions the SMC Pentax 50 millimeter 1.2, um, which is mentioned from various sources as being the best of the bunch wide open. I have heard that as well. Um, that lens is a bit of a unicorn. Um, I mean, it doesn't really, doesn't really show up very often, but it gets extremely high marks. Um, Simon, have you ever have you encountered one of those in person? No, but we we did actually touch on this last week. We touched um, on it, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, because um, the one comment about that lens was was a negative comment. So the you know, yeah, and we were yeah. all going, what, what? I <laughs> can somebody say something bad about that? But everybody says it's so good. So yeah, uh, but sometimes though, you get it where somebody actually writes something on the internet, and it just becomes the truth. Totally. Well, and, and so a comment just following this by Steve Mark, he's actually commenting to TBA and he says, um, I haven't had one or owned one, but he's, he says that pretty much what you just said, Simon, but even going back further, he says, on the other hand, I don't really trust in old lens tests made on film. There were too many difficulties such as focusing correctly on the missing flatness of the film. Uh, don't expect dramatic differences between 1.2 lenses from the same generation. Preliminary tests of the Minolta MD3 1.250 and the Canon 1.250L at 1.2 did not real much reveal much difference. Maybe that's why Minolta never put their spherical prototypes into production. I think that is so true. There are, there are lens tests floating around from back in the day on the internet that get repeated over and over and over again that I think are complete BS because somebody was off focus or something happened on that one frame of film they shot where the the film wasn't flat so and then they're like oh this, this lens is there you know so i think there's a lot of truth to that i don't trust and also the magazines that those lens tests were written in it's not like the advertisers weren't paying them with paid ads on the next page so i have like almost talk about fake i have like zero i have zero confidence in old lens tests from old magazines well, they are fake news I, I remember you you sending one one to me at the topcon 35 2.8 oh well that's and, true and the, that, that yeah, one's entirely the, true and you would read it and um I, I forget how many lines per millimeter it was it was it was uh, allegedly able to do but i think that you know as ice otis would, would would struggle to be as good as that lens if you if if that report is to be uh, believed absolutely well clearly the topcon is superior <laughs> 
Yes, that is entirely true. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't trust old uh, lens tests either. So was a, I thought that was a really good, really good uh, statement. All right. Uh, so to wrap up, we have one more comment from Phil. Images by Phil. Um, <laughs> and I'm not going to try to read this in his Australian accent, but you should be so lucky someday, or we should be so lucky someday to have Phil actually on this show or to leave a comment recorded that we can play. Cause he is like, he sounds straight up like awesomely crocodile Dundee. And, and it, and his, and he's just a, he's just great to talk with. So hopefully we can get him on one day. Um, but so just imagine, you know, Crocodile Dundee reading these words, and that's pretty much how it would sound coming from Phil, which is not meant in any way negative. That To me, that's a completely positive thing. So Phil says, there's one lens, definitely. It's called the third eye, not to be mistaken with the fourth eye. It releases gas only, period. The third eye lets my brain know that if I invest in another lens, I will go without something else for at least two weeks as I haven't worked since 2015. Gas levels have stabilized for at least one year now. All right. So Phil right. is Phil is stable. Phil's gas is stable. That is, Phil's gas levels are stabilized, and that is a definitely a good thing. Well, Okay. Well, Carl, you. Oh. I was going to say, Carl, you you commented on that as well. Yeah, right. Yeah, but no. The only interesting comment is um, Maddie's comment saying, "Jesus, man, you won." <laughs> I agree. That's that's the most interesting comment. Definitely, definitely. Well, yep. I, I I think on the yeah, and, and, and ending on one of Phil's comments is always a good a good way to finish a, a, a podcast. Um, so I think we should uh, sort of wrap things up a little bit now. I think the the the, the quick thing that we can draw from all that is um, stopping gas is pretty futile um, as long as you have pennies or uh, pounds or dollars in your in your in your pocket um so um medical help would would uh, could could do something for you there um but yeah i think as as a whole we're pretty much um, all hopeless cases and i'm and i'm again i'll, I'll apologize uh, on behalf of carl and johnny as well that uh, we're sorry for all the uh, the gas that we cause um but not uh, yeah <laughs> but we have you, did, you, <laughs> you caused it for me last week oh and oh i want to i want to thank hamish gill for um his wonderful review of the seven artisans 51.1 and um his cool photos and um it made me buy another one of the damn things, so I have one coming. <laughs> Actually, that that was another thing. We were having a conversation last night about um, camera camera bodies, and uh, I was asking Johnny all about different LTM Canon camera bodies, and it was uh, getting yeah. getting quite intense. And, uh, and at the end of it, I thought to myself, "Why? Why am I doing this? I've got a, <laughs> yeah, I've got a, a Leica M camera, an M two, which I've not used yet." Um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we were having a conversation about the fact that I now need a, a 35 millimeter lens for this camera I've never used. Um, <laughs> I can also, I have a, a perfectly good Jupiter 12 that I could oh, uh, adapt oh, to. Yeah. It. <laughs> you, you, seem, you seem to be holding something back there, Johnny. Biting my tongue. I think we all agree that the Jupiter 12 is a great lens, Johnny. Uh, Johnny. Oh, yeah. Uh, biting my tongue 
How much time do we have left? <laughs> probably, pro- probably not, not enough. We'll probably come back not to enough, that one. Not uh, enough. Yeah. Um, but Different day. Uh, but at, at, at the end of that, I, I came to a conclusion. Why am I even thinking about this? Because I, I, well, apart from the fact I, I don't particularly like rangefinder cameras, <laughs> um, and um, and I actually really, really do uh, enjoy and like using the point and shoot cameras. Um, which are usually 35 millimeter anyway. So I, and I can just go up, take the picture far quicker than I could do with a rangefinder camera and move on and enjoy the process at the same time. So why, why, why do I put yeah. myself through all this? Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that was my uh, takeaway from that. Um, but anyway, um, I think we'll, we'll say uh, goodbye to everybody now. So um, Johnny, um, how can people keep up with you and follow you on various outlets and things? So, in the, of course, in the Photography with Classic Lenses Facebook page, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at, at Sisson Photography. And you can find me almost every day at uh, Central Camera Company in Chicago. And Cole? Okay, on the Photography with Classic Lenses Facebook page, on Flickr, and on Instagram, just with my name. Okay, and uh, I'm out there on Flickr, uh, Instagram, actually not on, on Flickr with this name, but so on Flickr I'm, you can find me by searching for Simon Forster. Um, I have a eBay shop uh, which you can find by searching for Simon Forster Photographic. Um, in fact, if you search Simon Forster Photographic, you'll also find my website as well, uh, where I've got uh, plenty of uh, KNF adapters. Um, I'm doing my best with Twitter. I, I, I keep saying I'm not going to do it anymore, but I keep on putting things on there. Um, and then finally, uh, we're all on the uh, Facebook group Photography with Classic Lenses. And it's not finally, of course, because this is the bit where Johnny actually tells us all about our email address. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, you got me. You totally got me. You totally got me this week, Simon. Um classic lenses podcast at gmail.com that's it um and so uh finally i wish to thank uh, kevin mcleod of incompetech.com for the octo blues theme music that we use and i hope you've enjoyed uh, this week's podcast and it'll be great if you can join us again next week goodbye right so should we more or less go straight into it then Actually, just give it two minutes. Back in a sec. Think you left the tape running? Maybe. Because we could just talk shit about Simon, and then he'll come back. And when he goes through the <laughs> when he goes through the recording, he'll be like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> like about what a piece of shit this mirror one lens really is. Yeah, exactly. The thing that annoys me more than anything else is turning the f-ing, um, aperture ring, I know it's the preset ring, to 2.8 and it's closed down all the way. And then turning it to 16 and it's open. And so you know what you're at with either one of those, but in between, whenever I post a photo, <laughs> I have to say, I think it was at, um, uh, about 8, but I'm not sure. Because <laughs> it says oh, 4. Wait a second. So yours, you're saying that Oh, hold on, I think I have one right here. I'm, so, I'm just gonna look at it. I haven't looked at it in ages. When I but turned the when I turned the red dot to, to line with 2.8, yeah, completely closed. And when I turn it to 16, it's wide open. 
All of the ones I've had are like that. Oh, well, there's two rings. I know there's two rings, but the other one is just a, a ring to... Right, I, 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 I know. I know that, yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but turning the, the sm small ring without turning the other ring doesn't do anything. Yeah, it does. What are you talking about? It's a preset ring. So if you preset it at 5-6, right? I know that. I know that. But it's not and it's not a ring where when you're turning it and looking at the numbers, you're doing anything related to the numbers at, at that time. Oh, Right. I just I, I, I set it at I set it at two point eight so I can just use the wide ring as the aperture ring. I set it at sixteen so I can use the wide ring as the aperture ring because it turns smooth. Yeah, then you can put it anywhere you want in between. Right. Yeah. 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 But you don't then you don't know what See, the aperture. Because you're ring. shooting it on a digital camera, it doesn't make any sense. That's why you're confused. It doesn't make any oh, sense. Oh no, we are we sorry. I've, I've just I've only, I've only we just, start, we were we were we were we were um, kind of we were wondering if you had left the tape running while you went away. We oh started, well, yeah, I have yeah. yeah. We started talking all sorts of smack about. Uh, well, know, preset your, preset lenses. I'm I'm guessing. So are we talking about um, Soviet preset lenses and being illogical? Yes. Um, it's not. It's not illogical, though. No, it's not. How is it not illogical? Because if you set the top, the first, if you if you turn the the aperture to f8, so the red dot on the front, the front is at f8, right? And then you you close that lens down. You know exactly what aperture you're at as soon as you close the lens down. So when you go to take the shot, you're you're no, focusing no, no. it. Yeah, I, I, I get this now. We're talking about, and, and we are talking about the Soviet ones now, not because if you do this yeah. with like a, a German one, a Pentacon, for instance, it's backwards. It works the other way, yeah. So yeah, well, it's it's Soviet. It, that's the work special yeah, it, way. It, it, you exactly. don't like it, you go to West. Yeah, for 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 a, for a short period of time in my life, I thought I actually understood this, and then I realised <laughs> that I didn't. And, and that was we just experienced that short period of life when I, when I just um, literally in the last two 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 seconds or so. Um, Okay, so uh, anyway, let's uh, let's 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 move on. Um, All right. I think we should have this conversation about presets another time. Probably. Um, so it's, That's it's, fine. It's, I got it's my good. grand pricks right here. You'll like, well, mine too, and mine's so hard grand, to turn. I got my I, grand pricks in my hand right grand, now. Grand pricks. <laughs> so I couldn't. I couldn't turn my ring. Is that that preset ring is so the aperture ring is so stiff that if, if I have to hold the focus ring in my hand just oh hand. you just have a yeah mine see mine's really smooth mine's here listen click oh i, I can hardly yeah. i can i have to use all my mine's nice and clicky. It. Yeah, mine's mine's clicky. clicky and mine does say grand pricks belgium on it 19 brussels grand pricks brussels 1958 so i have the good one so i do too i do too and in my but mine's a special voldago Vol red one a black one so so it's a, it's made to, to be turned harder. Well, I'm I'm now I'm now contemplating is 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 Johnny deliberately mis mispronouncing that word, or actually does he really think that it's pronounced pricks? <laughs> You'll never know, really. No, I won't. <laughs> okay. Ready? Already? Are we ready to start? Yeah, we are. Yeah. We are. Okay. Grand pricks. It's even in quotes. Grand pricks in quotes. Yeah.